Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Good morning, fantasy players. You are listening on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, for a number of terrestrial radio stations across this fine land. On a Monday after week 13 of the NFL and fantasy football season, we say thank you here at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician in with my man George Kurtz. We continue our look back at everything we saw yesterday of week 13. And then at the end of the show, we'll preview the end of week 13. A huge matchup in the NFC and the NFC East as the Washington football team gets it on with the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles. George, a lot of news we already went over. Mike McCarthy gone in Green Bay. And some uh, important injuries of note. Let me just reel them off for you again as we reset this at the top of the hour. A.J. Green carted off. We told him so, George. Greg Olson re-aggravates the foot, gone for the year. We told you so, George. Chris Carson, Matt Breida, and James Conner at the running back position all get banged up, making fantasy owners worried as they head into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the last thing you want to see is these injuries. Most of the ones you mentioned, we knew about. We knew Green with the toe, Olsen with the foot, yeah. Brady with the ankle. You know, it's the Connor one. The Connor one is the one we're all sweating today. It's not just Don't I know several it. leagues. <laughs> it's, it's what we're all waiting for. Now we're hearing it. Maybe it's a, an ankle sprain here. I'll wait mm-hmm. for hear definitive word on that. If it's a high ankle sprain, as you said earlier, this could be one of the worst case scenarios. That's not going to heal during the fantasy right. playoffs. Right, and it's not like, you know, the funny part is, and, and, and so the team where I own Connor, I just finished, I'm going to win again to go to 12-1. and one. Can you feel myself patting myself on the back there, George? 12-1 and one with the highest points, but I own Connor. But the funny part is, in my mind, I have a bye, right? So I almost hope that the Pittsburgh Steelers decide to rest him next week, and then he comes back as fresh as he's going to be when I need him again. And to be quite honest, when Pittsburgh needs him for Week 15 against the New England Patriots in what is shaping up to be a huge game in the AFC playoff picture. Last hour, George, we talked mostly about the NFC. We talked about the Packers moving on from Mike McCarthy. Um, Listen, we knew that there was kind of an up-and-down relationship with Aaron Rodgers, but the surprise to both of us was that they decided to, in essence, call him into the principal's office right after their 20-17 to loss to the lowly Arizona Cardinals. This doesn't seem like something the tried-and-true Packers of Vince Lombardi would do. Um, it, did it surprise you that they were, like, reactionary like this? Do you think that's evidence of maybe something deeper involved in, over there? I think well, your second part is what's going on. I think they knew there yeah. was an issue there with Rodgers and McCarthy. I think there was other things that we don't, we'll probably never know about that was going on there. Listen, yesterday's loss was a bad loss. You lost to an Arizona team, a dome sure. team that plays in a desert that came to Green Bay. In the snow in December, was, yeah. In the snow and slush. I mean, come on. That, that's, an, that's an embarrassing – and a must-win game. It is. This is a must-win game for Green Bay. 
to get really if they wanted to have any chance of making the playoffs. They didn't, really didn't have a chance anyway. But if they wanted any chance, they had to win this game, and it all fell apart here. And maybe they, they just feel that there's some dysfunction here. But McCarthy is a Super Bowl winning coach. Is generally something you don't see in season, especially as you and I kind of agree here. There's really no point to it in season. You know, Joe Philbin's not the answer. You weren't worried about Joe Philbin. Oh my God, if we don't give him the coaching mm-hmm. job now, he's going to leave for you know bum right. whatever USA. So uh, interesting what's going on here. I think there's uh, things behind the scene between McCarthy and Rogers that you know we don't know yeah. about. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> regardless here, um, Mike McCarthy finally gets a chance to R-E-L-A-X. Um, as we go over to the uh, AFC side, and listen, I don't know how, how much we want to necessarily talk about the details of this, but I'm going to put a little bit of a different spin on this. Uh, obviously, the huge no- news coming into Week 13 was that TMZ released this video of Kareem Hunt, which showed him, in essence, in an altercation in a kind of whole ho- hotel hallway at first he was on the commissioner's exempt list and then the chiefs in a no kind of zero tolerance move decided to uh you know release kareem hunt i think he's gonna latch on somewhere a lot of people on social media were like oh dan snyder and the washington football team running to the waiver wire um i'll leave that part alone here's what i want to ask you and i don't know if this is the place that a we should go about this but Here's where I'm going with it, George, because we've talked about a lot of the aspects of this already. I make the analogy, um, in essence, you know in politics, George, how there's opposition research, you know, um, everything from WikiLeaks to the the more legal, shall we say. I'm reminded of, George, like Laramie Tunsil and how the video of him hitting a gas mask came out 10 minutes before the draft. Right. I'm reminded of Josh Hader, the Milwaukee Brewer reliever who had things hit social media as he was taking the mound on the All-Star game. This is an incident, George, that happened in February. All right. The league, the team, they knew this happened already and he was still there. Okay, my question is, why now? Why did this come out, and who stood to benefit from it? Was it a random security guard who decided to bet Oakland plus 15 and then drop the video? Was it Bill Belichick who had the video and was like, nah, I'm not going to wait until the AFC championship game. I'm going to drop this now. I mean, listen, we all know what he did was disgusting, okay? And that's another topic for another day. The NFL is completely inconsistent with how they adjudicate this and hold these players accountable. But the timing of this is very curious to me, George. Why did this come out now? I always look, who has something to gain from this? Listen, there, there are so many conspiracy theories going My on. My Belichick is, like, obviously a joke, but not necessarily. The league was it's able funny, to though. burn the Spygate video. They didn't burn this video. Uh, the Belichick one's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it, it truly is. That does, oh, okay, now's a good time he's drinking a bottle of water. You know, it's like opposition research has hit sports. That's what it is, George. Apple research has hit the sports world. It has. I mean, you think about it also. In the media world, which you and I are part of, generally you don't drop things on a Friday. Because right. that's you the know, news that's, dump. The weekend's right. coming. The news cycle's done. <laughs> that's when, right. when you want to get rid of something, bad news, that's when you dump it. So for TMZ right. to drop this on a Friday lets me know that either, either they drop it as soon as they get it, which I find hard to believe, that's or cool. they were worried that someone else had it. That could be you know, interesting. They, or, like I said, or they bet heavy on the Raiders plus 15 and a half this week, George. And we're silly if we don't think things like that happen. <laughs> I'm telling I mean, you. Really. Because, look, is, but, 
And here's what happens. The Chiefs win the game, but do not cover, George, 40-33 to against the Raiders as they go 10-2. and Now tell me, okay, everyone runs to the waiver wire to get Spencer Ware. 14 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. One catch in the passing game. We're also hearing that C.J. Anderson, George, is going to look like work out for the Chiefs today. I'd be shocked if he didn't leave uh, the facility with a deal in hand. So, like, if you ran to pick up Spencer Ware, were you rewarded for your, uh, for your, uh, you know, I guess your attentiveness? Well, you reward. Well, yes, you got double digit points, right? Okay. So I guess okay. you were sort of reward. If you were expecting Kareem Hunt numbers, well, you were being a little unrealistic. Right. If you thought it was I plug mean, and play in this great Kansas City offense, which a lot of people did. No, Kareem Hunt is, was is a special player. What's going to happen with right. him? Anyone's guess here. Uh, he becomes a free agent at four o'clock today if he's not claimed. I assume. <laughs> He'll go unclaimed. I don't think anyone's going to take that hit again. You uh, think so? Well, Was- uh, the Washington football team uh, has no qualms about this sort of stuff. They just grabbed Reuben Foster last week. Yeah, but I think they know they made a mistake. And Doug Williams made some dumb statements that he had to apologize right. for. It's just, right. it, it, the dominoes roll all down the hill when you do this. Plus, the Washington in this, this case true. has Darius Geis Coming uh, back, back next true. season. Fair so, enough, fair enough. I digress. <laughs> plus, how long is he going to get suspended for? The NFL has uh, sort of hinted here that he's going to be suspended more for the normal six, six games. games right? they're gonna for, they're gonna, no, they're going to suspend him for more At than least. that because they're going to give him a double penalty. Yeah, I well, the line they want to make the... That makes sense. Maybe Listen, I mean, Kareem Hunt is not someone we need to waste our breath on right now. We got fantasy playoffs to get involved, so let's spin it forward. Okay, Spencer Ware, C.J. Anderson. How do you, like, listen, in the same vein as we talked about Josh Reynolds last week, George, we wanted shares of this offense, right? We've been trying to go to the wall with Traquan Smith because we want shares of the Saints offense. I want shares of the Chiefs offense, too. And now this whole running back position is open. What do we do about it, George? I don't think you have to worry about uh, whoever signs there, whether it be C.J. Anderson okay. or whoever else they bring in. I think it's one against running back depth. They have to sign somebody. They lost right running back. back. So they have to sign somebody. A veteran is what they want here, someone who can pick up the offense quicker and mm-hmm. do whatever limited role they're going to give him. Uh, I- I'm guessing this. I'm going to rank guys. More than likely, it's going to be where he'll be a running back two, not a running back one. Uh, okay. It'll be Damian Williams after that, who's really – a flex play at best and deeper. I'm talking 16 team leagues. Okay. Uh, you'll go down that list, and then it'll be whoever they sign here. Uh, where's the guy you want? But you're going to have to keep your expectations in check. The fact that they scored 40 yesterday and he didn't have a big game is right. somewhat concerning because let's face it, Andy Reid, his first inclination is to throw the ball. That's what he wants to do. Remember, Kareem Hunt owners were bitching early in the year. Yeah. They weren't giving him the ball. They were bitching last year because they forgot about Kareem Hunt from weeks ago. They hit the wall in the middle of that season. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, Reed wants to throw the ball, and it's not like throwing the ball isn't working for him. Yeah. All right, so we'll definitely keep our eye on the Kansas City Chiefs. One thing we do know is that they have already probably punched their ticket to the playoffs as well, so they got some time to figure it out. George, the I would say the most surprising score I saw yesterday. Um, I think we were both on this game also, George. I mean, I don't want to talk about your record and picks this week, my friend, uh, but it was not the best. And we were both on this game. It was the one that I got wrong. Uh, we were both on the Indianapolis Colts. We thought this was a story of teams heading in opposite directions, George. We were both all over the Indianapolis Colts minus five. Well, the Indianapolis Colts can't cover a spread if they can't score any points, and that is what happens. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Indianapolis Colts six to nothing, George. It doesn't help the fact that I had an Andrew Luck, Eric Ebron DFS stack either. Andrew Luck 
snaps his streak of three-plus touchdowns in a game, which he's been doing over the last couple of months, 248 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Where do you go in this game, George? If you had Ebron, you'll take the 18 PPR points, 10 for 81. If you have T.Y. Hilton, similarly, you'll take the 15 PPR points, 8 for 77. But Marlon Mack defecates the mattress, eight carries for 27 yards, and Andrew Luck also does not return what you are hoping out of the captain this game killed me in every way possible yeah. yesterday uh, you mentioned dfs i had low cost lineups with those guys in it as well didn't pay off uh betting i thought any else would win the game yeah. no that didn't work and in my redraft league my home league uh which I, i'm doing very well in i have luck and that obviously right. didn't work off, work out there either. so uh this game could have could have gone any worse for me outside of luck getting hurt you know that's really how this game went here i mean listen i think the uh the theory was right. I mean, Jacksonville sure. was an imploding team. He was starting a Oh, our analysis back. was correct. So we're not blaming right. our analysis. Fantastic. Fournette was suspended. <laughs> I, I mean, someone tell me how I should have known this. I mean, really, it just it was. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. How the offense did. I mean, it wasn't like the uh, Indianapolis defense didn't show up. They only had, they held them six points. This has to be a W. This has to be a W. And, and it was a big game for Indianapolis. They needed to win this game for uh, yeah. staying in the playoff hunt. Here. Now they're in trouble. So just didn't see this coming at all with the offense. You mentioned crap the bed, really. I mean, the whole offense did. Outside yeah, of they defecated the mattress. The entire team defecates the mattress. Let me ask you this. Do you spin any of this forward either for the Colts? Are you concerned about the Colts' offense? Or was this just Jacksonville showing up again for one day? And, and, and then on the flip side, does this mean that all Jacksonville actually needs is a game manager at quarterback and they're a contender again? Maybe next season. It makes you wonder that. Like, for it example, Joe Flacco, Terod Taylor, these sorts of guys. Are they another team who also drafts a kid, whether it's a first-round kid or otherwise, and then just gets a stable veteran like a Terod, like a Joe Flacco, and then all of a sudden Coughlin has the team that he wants, the approach the way he wants, and the Jaguars all of a sudden with don't look now, a last-place schedule will be right back in the saddle next year? I don't want to say that's exactly going to happen, but I do believe it's closer to that than not. I mean, right, my narrative is not season. crazy. No, it's not crazy at all. This is, no one knows why the defense didn't play that well for the first 11, 12 games. They were the reading season. their they press clippings in GQ magazine, George. I think that was part of it. I think it was also they were on the uh, it's blame approach. You saw so many games here where sure. there'd be a deep pass and Barry Church and the uh, and Ramsey are looking at each other or uh, Boya looking sure. at each other, bl- literally blaming the other. You were supposed to cover them deep. Now, I, I didn't have deep help here. All that sort of stuff here. I think that was going on over and over again. We had heard more than once this season that reporters weren't allowed into the locker room after a right. game because there was commotion and yelling and screaming and players had to be held back from other players here. Right. I think part of it was the play- press clippings and Ramsey mouthing off to anybody but however exactly. everybody sucks pretty much but him you know so right. it's just just strange here do i going with Bortles was idiotic you saw it during the championship game last year they took the ball out of his hands yeah. in the second half because they didn't believe in him yet you yeah. didn't make an upgrade it's just silly i think there's a lot of this goes on coughlin and man this organization did a, i mean tom coughlin did a disservice to this organization like honestly if if, if alex smith is the quarterback of the 2018 jaguars they're a playoff contender if Terod taylor is a is is the is the quarterback for the 2018 Jacksonville Jaguars? They're a playoff contender. If Teddy Bridgewater, if Case Keenum is the quarterback for this 2018 
Jacksonville Jaguars. They're a contender right now. I think they need to realize that and, and you know, actually address it this year. Whether they do the same kind of thing, they draft, say, a Will Greer and then bring in also a Joe Flacco. I think that is what they're going to do. They have an opportunity uh, in an imminently winnable division. Hopefully they will uh, actually understand. But let me ask you this. Um, are there any skill position players that you like on Jacksonville? Are you going to go with TJ Yeldon? Or because of the fact that Leonard, Leonard Fournette is back next week, is it in essence Fournette and that's it? Oh, that's it. I mean, okay. he's certainly not going Kessler. I, I can't trust any of the uh, any other the wide out teams. Cole, Westbrook, Moncrief. Yeah. I mean, that would really be a shot. And DFS, I can. You know, yeah. he want to take a shot, see what Ford happens. Fantastic if it pays off here. But in, uh, in real life, no, I don't think I'll be trusting any of the Jaguars here. Listen, I'm glad the uh, defense seems to have figured it out. A little too little, a little too late as far as the season's concerned here. Right. But to trust their offense outside of Fournette in the fantasy playoffs, uh, you know, I feel like Jim Moore here. Playoffs? You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, no, they're playing to a Tennessee, Washington, Miami. And, you know, I, I don't dislike the schedule here. But, uh, no, it'll be Fournette or bust. All right, fair enough. Hey, George, we only got about a minute until we got to hit another break. But guess what? A minute is enough to talk about the Dolphins-Bills game as the Dolphins get a 21-17 victory to go to 6-6. Six and six, And somehow Miami is still live in the AFC playoff picture as well. Here's what I got to say, though, George, about this. Everyone is, you know, worshiping at the Lamar Jackson altar in terms of what he can do with his legs and how he's a viable fantasy quarterback. Don't look now, but Josh Allen is doing the same thing. He was second in the NFL in rushing behind only Philip Lindsay out of anyone who played yesterday. Nine carries, 135 yards, 18 of 33. He's still learning as well, but why is Josh, like, why isn't Josh Allen getting the same kind of love and buzz that Lamar Jackson is? Well, it's Buffalo and nobody cares. Watching Josh Fair. Allen yesterday, he's he's fast. My yeah. God, is he faster than I That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, the he's man a legit run. dual threat. I, I agree. He is. And that, that offense right now with the, with the weapons they don't have, uh, Charles Clay, you may want to catch footballs. But, hey, that's yeah, just really, me. Come on. Uh, that's a joke. Uh, but they, like, he's why don't they go Zone Reed with him and Shady McCoy? Might not that be their best offense? It might. But put, I think Tyre, about put Terrell hit. Pryor, who they signed, also they, in the backfield. And make I don't pop. think they want him taking hits. They don't want him getting hurt. Yeah, let him learn yeah. to pass this season. They're not, they're not going anywhere anyway. That's probably true. But I would just say, Josh Allen. Viable QB2 next year if you're in a Superflex league. That rushing potential is real. We talk more AFC when we come back. FSC on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FSD is what you're listening to right now. You got Dane Martinez, Speeds, the spin statistician, the stable genius and vocal minority, and Long Island strong George Kurtz bringing it to you. We got another half hour before we turn it over to the morning after. We're breaking down everything going on in week 13 as you guys are getting to the fantasy playoffs. And honestly, 
you may or may not have reached your fantasy playoffs, but either way, with BetDSI, you can capitalize on all the on-field action with a user-friendly mobile site, a web interface, and the fastest payouts in the industry. From the upcoming college football bowl games to the next big soccer match, they have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. I'll tell you right now who's going to win Survivor this season, by the way. Get an edge and utilize live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. As you know, in the NBA, George, everybody makes a run. You can utilize your DFS skills without the constraints of salary caps and wager on player props. There's so many ways to make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% deposit bonus match. And then, once you've opened your account, go to DailyRoto.com, click on Contact Us, and give us your BetDSI username. We'll give you one month of Daily Roto access totally free. That's access to all sports, tools, and optimizers. Head on over and open your account at BetDSI to win on so many levels. That's the promo code FNTSY101. Get your 100% deposit bonus and one month free of DailyRoto.com. Did you know that, uh, George, you could bet on reality TV? You can bet on politics. You can bet on pretty much anything. You got the Super Bowl coming up too. Boy, do I get paid on some of those Super Bowl bets, those prop bets. I, I love the prop. I, lo- I like prop bets. I think they're fun. I love I, them. I, do. Uh, I, think, I, I think absolutely love them. Here's what you I don't get, find though. find out right away, and I like that. Yeah. Here's what I don't get. Here's my question, and maybe I'm a little crazy, but, like, they have them on, like, uh, for last year, for example, how many times will Al Michaels say Giselle's name? You know, let's say like that. If you were Al Michaels' nephew, couldn't you just be like, hey, uncle, do me a favor. Drop it more than three and a half times. We're betting the farm on this one. Why is that not doable? Of course you can. Because how can you ever prove that Michael's was doing it on purpose? Right. Why? What if I was like a uh, a, a stagehand, you know, for the uh, super the the halftime show, and I know exactly what color, you know, jeans Katy Perry is wearing. Why can't I just bet that? What if I'm like the AV guy, and I know exactly how long it's going to take Beyonce to sing the damn national anthem? I've been yo. By the way, George, I've been making bank on the over-under on the national anthem every single – yeah, because you know they hold that last note for a while, (laughs) George. You know? I love that one. They want to be on stage. You know they're going to sing forever. Darn right. Darn right. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, George, when we get into that Super Bowl uh, week or whatever, we got some time together and we could do a whole show on the prop bets. But this week, there is still interesting football. I was talking about Josh Allen and trying to make the co- comparison or the correlation to Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson goes into Atlanta, George, and gets a W 26 to 16, 125 yards in the air and another 75 yards on the ground with a touchdown. George, here's the only data points I need to know. Joe Flacco, 4-5. and five. Lamar Jackson, 3-0. and oh. Tell me why it's any more complicated than that. To me, it's not. I mean, uh, I don't know how. I, we all know coaches in pretty much all sports, they always have deference to the, uh, the veteran. You know, and maybe Harbaugh can't yeah. go away from Flacco because he won a Super Bowl three decades ago. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but I, for me, it's about winning now. You're 3-0 and with Lamar Jackson. Yes, he looks ugly at times. It's not pretty, but the NFL is a bottom line business. The yep. bottom line is, are we winning games? You want to say it's because of your defense? Your defense is scoring more, more touchdowns than the offense? I'm don't not matter. necessarily going to argue with you, but don't you need Lamar Jackson next week against KC? You're not going so to let me ask time. you this. 
because I was just doing, uh, you know, uh, obviously we're all pitching in for the King Scott angle. And part of what that meant for me was being on Fantasy Football Rewind last night with Jim Day from 8 to 10, a, at 8 to 10 p.m. He said, and I don't think he's crazy, but he said he would go back to Flacco for next week because they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs and that Lamar Jackson is probably not equipped to be in a shootout. And I was like, while I agree that is a valid point, I don't think you play this back and forth game like the Bucks do with Winston and Fitzpatrick. You got to figure you're probably not winning that game at Arrowhead anyway. I show confidence with the kid. I ride with Lamar moving forward. I think the baton has been passed and Joe Flacco just got Wally pipped. I, I was just thinking the same thing while you were talking. I'm like, they're not going to win that game anyway. It doesn't anyway, matter. Right. It's best long term. Best right. long term. All right. Uh, you play Tampa after that. Certainly a winnable game at home. Then you got the Chargers. Right. Well, if you believe the Chargers have a home field at the Chargers. Uh, a tougher game. Cleveland finishing out. You're only a half game behind Pittsburgh, by the way. Yeah. You know, the Pittsburgh's choking down the stretch here, too. And in so a wild card spot. You are division. in the playoffs right now. To right. me, it would be like last year's Bills going to Nate Peterman when the Bills were in the sixth seed, you know, and then he went on to go throw five interceptions at those Chargers, right? But, like, Terod Taylor, they benched while they were the sixth seed last year. Why? Like, they can't, they can't sit Lamar. I mean, he's 3-0 and under center. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's not Damn broken. Right. It's working. You're winning football. Once again, NFL bottom line, win games. They're winning. Joe Flacco, at this point, not that he really ever was, but he's, he's nothing special right now. Is he a better passer? Yes, but he's a statue. So he, right. it's a good with the bad there. At least the more can more give you a dual threat here. And theoretically, he would be a better passer as he gains more experience. Now, it's not going to be exponentially better one game to the next, one week to the next. But he will get better. Uh, you know, I talked to Jim Day last week on the Fantasy okay. Football Rewind, and I know his thoughts on this. He had the same thoughts last week. Okay. And I, I do see his point. I do see it. It's valid. It's a valid point. I just think it's a short-term view. I agree. Uh, Once again, Baltimore, you're not playing for the Super Bowl. I don't care if you make the playoffs. You're not winning the Super Bowl this year. So the the only goal for this organization should be developing Lamar Lamar Jackson. That's the only thing that matters here, developing Lamar Jackson. You mentioned Joe Flacco's been Wally Pitt. Well, we knew this was coming. This is a matter of when. I always thought they'd replace him once they fell out of contention this year, which they were doing with Flacco. Exactly. Right. And then, but you just they were now doing don't have that the with Flacco anyway. Right. right. And that, that, that gives you all the gives you the great cover you need, though. This way, yeah. uh, Flacco in some ways didn't get replaced. He lost it because of injury. Exactly. Lamar Jackson came in and he's played so great. It sort of gives you perfect PR for it. And like I say, I believe Joe Flacco is the starting quarterback of the uh, you know, of the Jacksonville Jaguars next year. He may be the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins as well next year. We will see. But let me ask you this. In the same vein that I asked you about the Seahawks wide receivers, can you trust them because of how the organization is running the ball? They're only, you know, completing, say, I think Russell completed, what, 11 or 14 passes? Well, same as here in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, you know they are not going to try to win the games on the strength of his arm. You know about Gus Edwards, and he's still viable, especially now that Alex Collins went to I. Are, but talk to me about any of these pass catchers. Are you starting any Ravens pass catcher moving forward? Nope. It's very, it's all that simple. Brown, <laughs> Crabtree, Sneed. No, thank you. Anybody okay. a tight end? Nope. Nope. Not happy. Right. Steve Smith could better retirement. Not starting him either. They're just, they're a running team here. I'll start Gus Edwards. I'll start Lamar Jackson. That I hear is. Ray Carruth is a free man. 
I do hear that, too. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's where they want to go. But in any event, let's keep it moving here. Another team in the AFC, George, that, you know, improved their stock yesterday was the Denver Broncos. I was saying this. This was one of my picks, you know, that we made last week. I went 2-1 and one in picks. Unfortunately, George, you went 0-3. Oh but that's okay. You were channeling your inner Scott Angle for that one. I went 2-1. and one. This is one of the ones that I hit. <laughs> the Broncos win 24-10. to 10. However, a lot of people were saying that Case Keenum – would have been a representative fill-in, you know, and they liked his matchup, but he only gets 151 yards and a touchdown because Philip Lindsay shows up and shows out 157 yards and two touchdowns for the undrafted rookie. Um, Denver's involved in this playoff chase, George, and like I said, don't look now. They beat two teams that were streaking recently, almost beat the Texans who were, played the Chiefs and the Rams tight, have a nice schedule for December, and seem to be uh, playing well. Yeah, Denver is in it. They're 6-6. Six and six. Uh, we, we already said it. Baltimore's in the playoff uh, hunt right now, or uh, has the sixth seed right now. Only right. problem with Denver is this. Not only are you a game behind Baltimore, you also lost to Baltimore. You lost that So you're two games behind. Right. Yeah, that's a problem. You know, Baltimore does what play happens if there's weekend, a three-way though? tie, though? Let's say, let's say Denver, Baltimore, and, like, Indianapolis all finish 9-7. and seven. They can't do heads-up for the tiebreakers anymore. <clears throat> Not unless they all played each other. Right. You know, so that would be, be So that loss to... could be, you know, invalidated in a head-to-head. Could yeah, be yeah, eradicated. Yeah. It could. Uh, then we go down to conference record in that case. Right. Uh, listen, I, I took a class in NFL playoff seedings. In tiebreakers? <laughs> in tiebreakers. Let me tell you, man, it, it gets convoluted real quick uh, trying to follow this. But uh, as far as Denver's concerned, so you're right. Assuming Baltimore loses this weekend, right? Now Denver, mm-hmm. if they win, will be tied. Yeah, right? at six so and six, they, they they're lose. right there with Indianapolis, with Miami, with maybe Tennessee as well. There's a number of six and six teams right there in the AFC, one game behind Baltimore. You got to figure the Chargers are going to run away and hide with the fifth seed. So you got Baltimore but, as the six and a bunch of teams one game behind them. But here's for Denver: Do they lose a game the, next, the rest of the year? I don't know. San Fran, this question. Week. Nope, that's a W. Yep, Cleveland in Denver. I'll give them a W. a W. I'll give them a W there. Yeah. Oakland. That's a W. And then the last game of the season, they play the Chargers. Great, a tough game. But that game's likely not to mean a damn thing for the Chargers. They'll probably it's have possible. a fifth. I'm going to give them a three and one. I'll up. give them three and one. I'll give them nine and seven. Don't forget, though, uh, George, there's also a universe. Because remember, the Chargers are now also only one game back of the Chiefs. And they play each other on a Thursday night. If the Chargers beat the Chiefs, then they'll have a whole lot to play for. This is not Earth 4, all right? The uh, Chargers aren't big with Chiefs. They, they, they always play crappy against the Chiefs anyway. I don't right. see that happening. I, Fair I enough. Uh, but the, the Chargers will likely Chargers. be locked into the five in that scenario going into week 17, and they know that they'll have their ticket punched, likely to go right back where they were last night, in my opinion, to go right back to Pittsburgh. And here's more fun, by the way. Chargers play Baltimore in week 16. Oof. Chargers can help Denver out. Yeah, they can. The Chargers are going to be a linchpin in the entire AFC playoff picture, it sounds like. They play the Chiefs still. They play the Broncos still. They play the Ravens still. And if they go ahead and steamroll these guys, it puts you know that into a uh, kind of a mishmash. But if they lose to these guys, then the Chargers fall back into the AFC wildcard picture, and it gets very, very interesting. On these Broncos, George, I want to ask you about Cortland Sutton. 
Cortland Sutton, four catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. A lot of people have been waiting for him, you know. Uh, to It's kind of like people were waiting for Corey Davis last year, you know. But then we think, oh, they trade Demarius Thomas. Jeff Hireman goes on IR. Now there is no reason why that Sutton can't go ahead and gra- grab the brass ring, four for 85 and a touchdown. Do you anticipate his production to uh, escalate in the last month of the season? You know, uh, almost immediately after the show, I'm going to start writing my column for today. And mm-hmm. the column I've been tasked with writing is best uh, best matchups for quarterbacks and tight ends for the rest of this uh, for the fantasy playoffs weeks 14, oh, 15, and 16. Yeah, uh, well, I bring this up because Cincinnati, as far as a passing defense, is second worst in the league. Right. All right. So let's take this into consideration. And this is when Andy Dalton was playing. I understand Dalton doesn't play defense, but it means that since at least that offense at some point would have the ball. With Driscoll, that may not be the case. Stevens going to be on the field a lot. So I want you know, listen, I like Sutton. I do, but I would take this with a uh, a big grain of salt here. He's not automatically in your lineup week in and week out. Hmm. Okay, he's going to be a. You know, on that border where he'll be, the questions I get, should I start him over him over him? Well, Sutton will be in that conversation. Yeah. Some weeks it might be yes. My guess is more than likely it'll be no more than yes as far as Cortland Sutton. Uh, but once it, we just set the schedule, they're playing San Fran next week. Love the matchup. Cleveland, love the matchup. Oakland, love the matchup. You know, depending on who else you have there, I may be wrong. I may be yes uh, more than no because that mat- those matchups are just too sweet. All right, fair enough. We got time for one more game here in the AFC before we hit our last break here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's another one of those six and six teams in the AFC. They get a win. It's Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. They beat the JETS Jets, 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 26 to 22. Mariota goes 20 of 35, 282 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Talk to me about Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry. Are you going to ride with either one of these guys? Henry does, in fact, get a touchdown, so you're okay with his 10-point day. Deion Lewis, listen, he's someone who I thought was going to be a lot more involved, especially in the passing game, only two catches for minus two yards. Can you rely on either one of these backs moving forward? No. Uh, Henry's the ultimate uh, deodorant guy, right? He needs yeah. that touchdown or else he not have any chance at double digits. He needs that touchdown, which granted, you know, what, three of the last five weeks he's gotten it, but I'm not going to touch him. And this week they play Jacksonville, a reinvigorated Jacksonville team. Sure. All right, so I'm not touching either one of these guys. I don't know what's going on with Lewis who was valuable for the first, what, nine weeks, ten weeks of the season. Yep. Also, in the last couple of weeks, they've gone away from him. And is there an injury here that we don't know about? You know, what's and, going and why go away from them? The problem with the Titans is that they're not dynamic at all. Outside of Corey Davis, isn't Deion Lewis their next biggest playmaker? Shouldn't they, in essence, be finding ways to get him the ball? It's almost like he had his Super Bowl against New England, right? Came out mouth right. off, and then that was it. All the air went out of the bloom. He's done. And listen, I don't, I don't believe that, but I think there's – because what you say is absolutely correct. There's no one else in this team you're afraid of. It's right? Lewis and Corey Davis. That's it. Is it going to be Taiwan Taylor who gets 104 yards? You're not relying on that. You're not scheming no. for that as an offense. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know yeah. what it is. I don't know why. <laughs> the only thing I can theorize is that there's some kind of nagging injury that's taking mm. away some of his explosiveness. Interesting. And then on the Jets side, listen um, – I expect eventually Sam Darnold to be back under center for these Jets in the same vein. They got to find out about him, right, as a young developing quarterback. Would a change to Sam Darnold uh, help 
people in this wide receiving core, for example, I look at Quincy Inunua specifically. When Darnold was on the center in the beginning of the season, Inunua was a PPR kind of beast, you know, and especially these bubble screens and that sort of thing. Two for nine right now. The Josh McCown move, you know, he throws it downfield a little bit more. Maybe that's why more Robbie Anderson is back in the saddle. What do you think might be happening if they do go back to Sam Darnold? I'm trying to find the Jets uh, pass catcher that's viable that's not named Chris Herndon. Uh, good luck with that. Let me know how that okay. works out for you. Uh, <laughs> that's my only, that's he, my only narrative, right? Back to Anunua when they go back to Darnold? But even he, in the last couple of games with Darnold, yeah. wasn't doing anything anyway. Uh, this week, uh, they're going to play Buffalo, True. so you're not going to want to start. Yep. Gonna, I think they'll go back to Darnold this week. I expect they will. He was close right. last week, so I think he goes back. Right, that's what I'm trying to get ahead of what it'll look like with Darnold under center. That's the only thing the Jets have to play for, is get Darnold, yeah. l- learn him. Uh, I was wondering... If maybe McCarthy wouldn't be the only coach to be fired at yesterday's game, because that loss mm. the Jets did, that's a 19-3 lead you blew there, boys and girls. They hung uh, in there, that, though. They had a 19-3 they lead. They already said, though, that they're not going to fire him in season. They're not going to fire him in season. Bad. But Bowles, is a, he's, yeah. he's dead man walking as well. He's dead man walking. He's done after the season. I completely season. agree with you. Are you going to trust nobody Isaiah Jets Crowell next Crowell. week? That's trust, what I was say, but you, you would take... Trust is a strong word. Would you start him? Uh, he'll come down to what else you have. Flex would you start him or Rashad Penny? If there's no Carson, Crowell. would you start Crowell, Crowell or Penny? Okay. I'll, st- I'll start the go. starter. Oh, there's no Carson. Right, you said no sense. Carson. That's what, with no Carson, you, you yes. said no Carson. No Carson, I'll start Penny. Really? Interesting. Okay. You'll take the uh, 60% run offense of the Seattle Seahawks. When we come back, we got two more Take games to discuss, and they are big-time contenders in the AFC. We'll talk Texans, Chargers, and Steelers when we come back. It's FST right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane and George holding you down on a Monday morning. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. back. FST here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Dave Martinez, as always. And my man George Kurtz filling in for the King as the King is returning from the Pacific Northwest. I don't even think he needs a plane to fly all the way home, George. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think he could do it all, all by himself right now. That's I think he's high on life. Uh, it was a bucket list thing. He did it. No, I'm glad he had a yeah. good time. Absolutely. And what better time then when the Seahawks get a 43-16 win, his boy Russell Wilson looks efficient and strong. And the Seattle Seahawks maintain themselves in the NFC playoff picture on a day, really, where the Seahawks look good and no other contender in the NFC that played yesterday did. We'll talk about one more game that impacts the NFC tonight on Monday night in a minute. But there are still two more games in the AFC to talk about. The first one, don't look now, George, but the Houston Texans are 9-3, and three, and they don't have a team above 500 on their schedule the rest of the way. They get a 29-13 win over the Cleveland Browns. And quite simply, George, does Lamar Miller not suck anymore? 
<laughs> does he not suck? No, he does not suck. Uh, funny how that worked out. All right, he's somebody who wanted to throw in the scrap heat. Wins not the foreman coming back. Alfred Blue, can he play? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, he's playing well. And you mentioned it. Uh, they got Indianapolis this week. Which granted, uh, a good defense. That's the there toughest the one Jets. I think they got. Philly, Philadelphia maybe, but... rushes. Philadelphia is good against the rush. Can't stop the pass. And then Jacksonville okay. last week. So it's not, it's not great outside of week fifteen here. But still, he's starting him. Well, listen, he. I don't know how he made the ninety-seven yard run. Didn't think he could run ninety-seven yards. Really, I, I, that was surprising to me to see that he right. could out uh, outrun people. Good for him. Uh, the passing game is finally hitting again. I do wish Deshaun Watson would get down. He right. tends to take hits that I don't like to see him take. Uh, unnecessary right. hits. Uh, you got to go back to that Dallas game where, you know, I'll say it again. When Jalen Smith comes to hit you, he's bringing bad intentions. And he always put uh, Watson out. That he was the hit that made Watson have to drive. You know, the Mannings have a, a passing camp. Maybe the Mannings should also do a duck into the fetal position camp for guys like uh, Deshaun <laughs> Watson. It's a skill set that some quarterbacks need these days. It is. Listen, I, I know everybody wants to be tough, all right? You know, Lamar, we just talked about, talk about Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Get down. Don't take these. You don't need to. Take I mean, this man had a quasi punctured lung already this season. Like, no one's going to fault you, man, for trying to. They wouldn't to, let him you know, fly! Exactly. The organization was like, you know what? Putting this man on a plane is a risk to his safety. However, having him stare the Calais Campbell right in the face with that dog crap offensive line is not a risk to him, though. That made no sense. You can't fly, but you can get hit by 300 But I'll run him out there against the Jacksonville Jaguars okay. front line. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that, it's a, absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Player safety. Give me a break. DeAndre Hopkins gets his seven for 91. What are they doing with Demarius Thomas here, George? Um, you know, he had the two touchdowns on Monday night. Where there was no Kiki QT. Everybody thought the stars were aligning for the perfect storm of Demarius Thomas, and he winds up with three for 32. What's he was this just a game scroll? Was this just a game script thing? They were up 23 nothing at halftime? No, because, listen, he's caught nine passes in four games. Even the game you mentioned where he caught two touchdowns, he only had three, four right. catches. He's not being targeted here. It's strange. Uh, this is what's amazing. Outside of Amari Cooper, who went to Dallas, a coaching staff that we don't believe knows anything or can teach anybody anything, Demarius Thomas has done nothing in Houston. Golden Tate can't do anything in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, it doesn't make sense here, all right, because is it that hard for wide receivers to learn? I, I do think it is. In a Golden Tate's uh, situation, being a slot receiver, it's probably even harder. It's harder, All yeah. the route trees he has to learn. So I, I do believe yes. that. But then what's Demarius Thomas's excuse? Is he just there to be a decoy? Is that what it is? Where it's really not him? He's just, he's just a decoy. Is it because Lamar Miller's taken off now and they're not throwing the ball as much? You know, so I wonder if all these are, like, factors as, as far as what's going on here. But Thomas startable? Oh, I mean, once again, he's, it's not an automatic. It's not. It's a probable because I don't know if you can go that deep to have uh, th- two right. or three guys better than him. Your other but options, it's right? But it's far from an automatic. Yeah. Talk to me about the Cleveland Browns here. They lose to go to 4-7-1. and one. Baker probably still woke up feeling dangerous, but he threw three picks, so he was dangerous to his own squad. And uh, my question, are you concerned at all about Nick Chubb after, like, you know, great month? He winds up at only 31 yards in the ground, does get into the end zone, and does contribute another 41 in the passing game. Nick Chubb still an RB1, for, a back-end RB1 for you moving forward? I, listen, I was starting Chubb yesterday. I had him yep. automatic for most of my teams, but I wasn't surprised he had a bad game. Houston's good against the run. They're really good yeah, against and the run. And this is a team that does game plan to take one guy out. You saw it again when they played Dallas. They took Ezekiel Elliott sure. out. I think the same thing happened yesterday. They were taking Chubb out. They were going to let Mayfield do his thing because I think they assumed, yes, he'll throw for a million yards, but he'll make his mistakes. I think, the, I think this is perfect, a perfect game plan for Houston. 
Okay. And then talk to me about the Cleveland pass catchers real quick here, George. I mean, listen, Jarvis Landry pops off and has a 100-yard game, but he hasn't really been there. He's been sort of – this has been another kind of like fantasy herd for me. You got Landry at 103, Callaway 84, Higgins gets the touchdown, Njoku's been in the mix back and forth, Duke Johnson as well. Who do you trust here moving forward? Are you starting Jarvis Landry next week? You know, we were wondering why, what was going on with Landry. And now right. uh, we found out midweek that, well, he's been dealing with a lot of little nagging injuries. So maybe he's feeling better. So is every maybe NFL it is player. that simple. I, I agree. But maybe his were worse. I don't know. They're I playing guess. Carolina this week. All right. So uh, not the best pass defense there. Then it's Denver. That's a little bit more of an issue here. You're starting Landry. And maybe not in the standard league, but in the PPR league, you're starting Landry. And you have to live with the results there. Uh, I'm encouraged. I think uh, Cleveland... Looks good with Mayfield. He looks like the one quarterback of all the uh, youngsters who can mm-hmm. throw the ball and is not afraid Absolutely. to throw the ball. Really not yep. afraid of anything. His mouth gets probably going to get him in trouble as well. So you like that. Uh, I mean, it's strange with Landry because when he wasn't catching, it was like, well, why? There's no one else there. You know, Joku's stealing catch. Duke Johnson's not done anything. Callaway's more of a big play guy, not a target guy. Right. So it's a little strange that he wasn't piling up numbers anyway. Maybe not Miami numbers when he played with Tannehill, but that he should have been 80% of that player. So a little surprising that he wasn't uh, getting those numbers. Maybe there is something to the injury theory. All right, well, we should see. But you got to, you gotta, I guess, run him out there the next couple of weeks regardless. I mean, you drafted him to probably be like your wide receiver two or three. And so hopefully he can return to that form when you need him most in the playoffs. Last game for us to dive into here, George, the Los Angeles Chargers. They go to 9-3 and three on the season. They are only one game back of the vaunted Kansas City Chiefs. They beat the Steelers 33-30, to 30, um, and there's enough offense to go around. Remember, I did pick this one. I picked the over, over 52 in this one. I got Denver correct. I lost on Indianapolis, so I went 2-1 and one on my picks, but Phillip Rivers continuing to ball out 299 yards and two touchdowns. Keenan Allen, 19 targets, 14. 15 catches, 148 yards, other wide receivers helping him out. Mike Williams, 3 for 52. Travis Benjamin, despite a false start that was obvious, gets a long touchdown pass. Austin Eckler, they're all involved here. Honestly, this was a huge win for the Chargers. This is the kind of game the Chargers have not won in years past, going into an opponent and winning, getting the game-winning kick, actually going through the uprights. And, you know, Rivers was talking about it. Keenan Allen was talking about it. I've heard this from the Chargers ever since their London trip, where they were, like, away from home for something like five weeks. Um, I think there's something going on here in this Chargers locker room. I've been on this all season long. Joey Bosa got a sack for the Chargers, and Melvin Gordon's going to come back eventually. I think people are short-shrifting the Chargers, George. Well, well, out of all things you said, the most important thing there was this is the first time in recent memory that we can remember a Chargers team coming out east and getting a win. Yep. Usually they're playing well, they come out east, and they lose. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't, you know, they don't travel well. Last night, it didn't look good in the first half. And, yes, the officiating was poor, to say the least, last night. You mentioned the one uh, obvious false start. I thought there were two others before that that I have to watch. I'm like, oh, man, that didn't look right either that they let go. So just really strange going on. And then the final field goal that took three times to to get it right. With the offsides and stuff. That's pure charges, by the way. I think that's a great move. If you don't have a timeout, that's a great way to ice the kicker and kind of get it. You have nothing to lose. Right. You have nothing to lose. Maybe they – 
What's going to happen, right? Like the one kind of field goal that would have been good from 41 but is not good from 46 or whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, That would, you know, like I like the idea of have people flying by his legs right before he kicks it. I think that's better than the timeout. For me, it comes down to, listen, I wouldn't do it on a 30-yard field goal or the Mm -hmm. easy ones, but from 40, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I reversed that. I wouldn't do it from a long field goal. Really long, right. But going but to 36 the, to 31 ones? doesn't matter. Sure, exactly. Right. He's going to make it. So why not? I'm not saying about the guys flying around his legs. That, fine, that has value as well. But why not take a chance? Maybe the rest won't call it. They missed other false starts. Mm-hmm. So maybe you get that extra foot. Maybe you get that extra start there where you get to block the kick or screw him up. You know? So I think that was yeah. – uh, I have no problem with that. No problem at all. And he's going to kick it from 36, 31, 26 anyway. So why not make it uh, – maybe you can get a block here. Maybe the refs right. missed the call here, as you've I seen over and over again If it's a 53-yarder, then let him oh, no, try let, and let nail the 53-yarder, right. right? But to me, if you're inside of uh, 45, 40? let's say, then I don't think the five yards makes a difference. I would even say if it goes from – you know, if it's taking it from a 43 to a 38, I don't think that's a big difference. But, you know, that's Agreed. around the place where I think it was an interesting idea. Let's talk about the Steelers' side. Um, no word yet, but James Conner is going to be the name on everybody's lips, uh, you know, when the MRI tube is done today. Yeah, I mean, listen, Steve G., the uh, loyal listener, told us yeah. that uh, what, Boomer Sison said it was uh, high, high ankle. ankle. I'm seeing other reports now that say the same thing. Okay. That this is not from the Steelers, mind you. This is from people who are doctors. Dr. Uh, Dr. Chow is someone okay. I follow as a sports injury guy, and he said the same thing. That he believes it's a high ankle sprain. And he said this almost immediately after the game. Uh, I went to bed after the game, so I didn't read my tweets. So <laughs> I was checking it now, checking out now during the commercial breaks. And he says it's also more than likely a high ankle sprain, which, as you and I discussed, sounds great. It's actually very bad. Because yep. that, that more than likely eliminates him from fantasy playoffs. Maybe you get week 16, and that's a maybe. Mm-hmm. Generally, high ankle sprains are four weeks plus. I mean, we've seen this over and over again. Running back needs to be able to push off. And if he can't, he's useless anyway. So uh, not what I wanted to hear as a James Conner owner. Maybe they'll call it a mild high ankle sprain. You get him back in, as you said, a week or two for those guys who have buys next week. And, Dane, I think you have a buy next week. I do. Good for you. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about that? And hopefully I get Kerryon Johnson back after my buy as well. But, listen, we've been surprised before, George. I'm reminded of Sony Michelle, who looked like he was dead, you know, for a little while. And he came back <laughs> like, two, uh, like two weeks later. By the way, speaking about people who looked like they were dead, uh, George, are you a fan of the fight game at all? Uh, only in hockey. Oh, man. There was a heavyweight championship fight on Saturday. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury got knocked down in the 12th round. And I swear to you, he looked dead. And then he literally sat up like the Undertaker at the five count. And it was the 12th round. It was absolutely ridiculous. But I digress. Listen, real quick. Monday night football tonight. We only got 30 seconds. Uh, George, what do we think happens here? The Eagles are six-point favorites. 45 is the total. I think Washington with Colt McCoy and a backup offensive line. Unfortunately, I think they are toast. I do think Chris Thompson is an interesting kind of showdown play today as they get their PPR back back. But I like the Eagles to cover the six points. How do you feel? I'm with you the same way. Washington's just too beat up here. Must win game in Philadelphia for the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles know that at 6-6, six and six, they are live right now. And I'm sure the morning after we'll talk about it. Gabe Morency, Corey Parson, and the lovely Michelle Serpico. George, thanks so much for riding in the saddle for the last couple of days. The King, Scott Angle, back tomorrow. It's Fantasy Sports Radio Network.